Hello and welcome to a Sacramento edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. Marcus Thompson. This is King plus minus. Cut it out. The scorching hot uh, four in a row, six out of eight. Sacramento Kings with a three home game week this week. Spurs, Pistons, Nets in here. There's a chance. Kings have a real good week. They could be nine and six. But that's not really what we're here to talk about, Marcus. Uh, I don't know. I am. We're here to talk about the 13th team in the West, not like the 8th or 9th. The Warriors. The 0-7 on the road Warriors, by the way. Um, wow, by the way, <laughs> about that. 122-115, um, I think the final was. You know, and we can get to the bench. We will get to the bench struggles. Um, Warriors, again, had their veterans out there. Besides Anthony Lamb, which I, I kind of do want to get to that choice in closing time. Um, but they had it out there. I think they were up six at one point, like kind of mid-fourth. Uh, were they ever up six? Am I, do I, I have that wrong? I don't, I don't remember. Maybe they weren't up six. Um, but the the key plays down the stretch, Lamb is on Sabonis because he wants to, you know, Kerr wants to go small. He wants to spread it out. He's not trusting Poole right now, who's really turnover prone. Um, you know, he didn't want to go to Looney, again, because of a spatial issue. Uh, three was the biggest Warriors lead, by the way. So I was incorrect. But in the key plays down the stretch, um, you know, so Sabonis gets a monster offensive rebound put back. He also, there was a point where Sabonis had it in the post against Lamb. It's not Looney down there. It's Lamb. Draymond freaks out, runs off Fox. Sabonis just kicks it out. Fox hits a big three. You don't hate that shot if you're the Warriors, the Aaron Fox shooting a three near the end of the shot clock buzzer. But he hit it. He hit a couple big jumpers. Sabonis makes big plays. The veterans do mostly get outplayed by the Warriors starters down the stretch. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was close either. Uh, all the plays. I'm of the mindset anyway, like five minutes left in the NBA game, it's probably going to be close no matter what happens before that. <laughs> and at that point, you've got dudes who've won championships. But the dudes who've won championships really just aren't getting it done. And the unique part about tonight is – like, you could tell Steph comes in the game, hits a couple shots, and it's like, oh, here he comes. And then Mike Brown's like, yeah, no, no, he's not coming. We're going to trap him in half court, right? We're going to make somebody else beat us because he's well, seen that. Literally Monday of this week, Steph just absolutely barbecued <laughs> the war, or the Kings down the stretch because he was picking out Herder from a crowd and then going at him. And, you know, Chase Center's going crazy. You could tell tonight it was like – Mike Brown. Mike Brown knows the counters to that, right? He knows he's going to pitch that maybe over to Draymond in his four on three, and there's challenges to that. But he's like, I'm losing that way tonight, not the Steph way. Not, not the Steph way, yeah. And and what's clear about this team is they just can't win without the Steph way. Not right now. They haven't shown they can do that. Uh, when Clay hit a couple of threes in a row, you might have thought, all right, this is going to be a night where you know the team picks them up. But that was pretty much it. They got. Three happy down the stretch. They took 17 threes hey, in the fourth quarter. By the way, not down the stretch. All game. All, all game, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I hadn't even looked, but Steve Kerr, maybe it was when you. When he said that, I was surprised. You're talking about when he said they, yeah. they led the league in attempted Attempt, threes? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was too. So, you know, that stats. Like, but he's, I thought he was going to say we're number one in threes made. He was like, no attempts. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, look, uh, there was two plays. There was an earth, 20 seconds on the shot clock. Clay, deep from the right wing, and he's cold, by the way, shoots a three that you know kind of had some guys on the court shaking their head at him and then how about the really bad one it was late in the half I think it was like the last possession of the first half he 
takes with 12 seconds with 12 left. 12 seconds. Of, yeah, instead of holding the ball for the final shot, he takes the transition three. Now he's lucky because Wiggins, you know, skies up, gets a yeah. tip dunk, and then Fox goes on the other end, misses a layup. Yeah. But you give Fox a chance he should have never see had. Them going like, what are you doing, yeah. right? He, Clay is so kind of desperate to have a Clay game that, like I've said before, he's just working against himself sometimes. Uh, and even like Poole, like Poole, I mean, Wiggins went 0 for 4 in the fourth. I think that's a big deal because his shots aren't the forced ones, right? His shots are off action, catch and shoot. He just didn't make them. Him and Lamb missed wide open yeah. threes that Fox hit, basically. And that was the difference down the stretch. But back to you. Yeah, so to me, whatever it is, they're not getting it done. And these are the veterans. Now, interestingly enough, we just I just asked Steph about this. And he essentially said... It's not about what happens down the stretch. It's about essentially how they get to that point. And the other team is getting to the stretch with all kinds of confidence. And the Warriors are getting to the stretch kind of reeling. And why Why is that, Anthony? Why, why is Steph suggesting that what's happening before the stretch is impacting what's going on down the stretch? Uh, might he be talking about the bench, maybe? So they, you know, they're they're a net zero in Steph's minutes tonight. They lose by seven. So they're a minus seven in Steph's brief time on the bench, which actually feels like a yeah, nice game for them. You know, no, only <laughs> minus seven. Like um, yeah, I mean, look, they're sur- I mean, just Anthony Lamb's on the court in the final like five minutes of of a very close game. That says plenty. That yeah. sa- that just shows you how much Steve Kerr is searching right now because DiVincenzo's just back from injury and, you know, he's not some spectacular option. I think he's will increasingly become a reliable enough one. Like, you know, DiVincenzo being on the floor tonight you felt decent about. Yeah. Um, pool scattered, you know. I mean, he's he can score, he can erupt for points, but his four turnovers were bad tonight. Um, and obviously defensively, you know, he's just Fox is just whooshing by him. Um uh, so, you know, you don't know if you want to go with that. And then beyond that, I mean, look, we know what's going on. Moody's not getting DMPs. I'll put it in my postgame story. I asked Steve Kerr pregame about it. They're just – they're not as pleased with where Moody is as, as maybe us on the outside believe they should be, you know. And, and it's clear they're DMPing him. That's two straight DMPs for Moses Moody. Uh, Kaminga, probably, you know, you'd say maybe his best game in the last three. He played 14 minutes, which was like – he gave him another stint, which he hadn't been doing. Um, but, you know, he, it's not like he – did anything to to change the complexion off the bench and then Draymond Green in post game I thought had an interesting you know I guess uh answer about the second unit and he referenced in the past and you can remember this I used to call it like the dinosaur unit but it was the Sean Livingston Andre Iguodala David West they'd come out and suddenly Steph was off the floor and they'd go like 1980s basketball like mid post grinded right yeah it was like uh, you know, long twos. And I remember one time, it was like middle of the season, I looked at offensive rating, defensive rating. It was like 99 offensive rating, like 82 defensive rating. They had a really good net rating because they were just, they were winning six-minute stretches like seven to four. <laughs> and it's like. And the offense was a Sean Livingston post-up, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and And it's like. They love that. The veterans love that, right? Steph goes off the floor and they just completely change who they are. They, they, they you know, it's like kind of a metamorphosis. And but that's important because them staying away, it, you, they just evaporate leads so much faster. Against the other team, you get a thirteen point lead. David West and them will fight even if they're down. It, yeah, they, they may might, lose it, but they're losing it six, six to four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like. But this team, because Draymond is saying that they're basically playing the same style, the problem with that is 
it was a 15-point lead, and then Steph comes out, and then it's down to five before you see Steph just got his Gatorade cup, and he's like, oh, man, I got us up eight. And he's, like, drinking his Gatorade cup. He's like, wait, why is it two right now? Yeah, that, that's the difficulty is they can – other teams can get back in so quick. But the problem is, I mean, I guess you could go to Wiggins, but they don't have those pieces to do that. And – Maybe, you know, maybe they thought at some point, like, Wiseman could be a part of that. But even with Wiseman, the whole point of him is that he can get up and down the floor. They don't have that station-to-station kind of setup. So, Well, it was like it was going to be maybe pick and roll heavy with him. If, well, that was definitely an idea. But Wiseman just didn't play good enough for that to ever, like, materialize. I mean, the defense would just bleed so much when he was on the floor. Um, because I actually think, like, you know, given time, that could have been a, an offensive identity. Wiseman pool pick and roll spread it with some shooters um and then the other thing is pool kind of plays a little bit like curry this is the other point draymond made like that's a very random action like that's a smart brand of basketball right very much a feel iq veteran style of basketball well they're they're bringing young guys out there and still trying to play that the same thing yeah and they're just and to me that's part of the problem with the young guys right they're not just be, and even like guys like Jamichael Green, right? Who who's getting DMPs? Yeah, now. who thought you know you thought he's a veteran, he could come. It's diff. It's a difficult system to get a hold of, right? And because it's so complex, if you haven't had time in it, it's really it's really tough for you to figure out something about Lamb. Like he, you know, he he figured he figured it out to how much do they like it? Like they're liking he's. Whatever it is about him, they like that he can play that way. But Jermichael Green doesn't play that way. They don't like how Moody's playing that way. They don't like Kaminga playing that way. They don't have a 15th. Andre Iguodala is not close to coming back. And they have Patrick Baldwin and Ryan Rollins instead four. of JTA and Damian yeah. Lee. Like, that's that's four just completely empties. And it's becoming clear, you know, the two-way restructuring they did late in camp was curious at the time, right? Quindary Weatherspoon and, uh, you know, they had promised it. Well, I shouldn't say promised it to Quinones, but they'd given him that spot initially. Yeah. It's become, to me, pretty clear This the two ways were, like, given to Steve Kerr, essentially, right? It's like they needed to – because Ty Jerome somebody. he likes yeah. also. And it was clear he just like, I just need guys, like, in, my, in a pinch I can throw in that, like, can play the way the Warriors want to play. And that – so maybe the answer then is to create another simpler version when Steph is off the court. But, you know, part of that is like, you know, you need Wiggins in that unit and you need Jordan Poole playing well. Otherwise, it's not going to work anyway. And it like it all comes down to Jordan Poole. I thought he was actually he was solid tonight. Like he took some bad shots and his turnovers were bad. But the moves he was trying to make, he didn't see a lot of over dribbling. You saw him like get to the rim immediately. Uh, to me, you could see him making the developments. At least you feel like Poole is getting somewhere. And I actually think Kaminga was all right too. I, I like the way Kaminga played tonight. The one thing I like with Kaminga, they were coming out of a timeout very early in his first stint, and they did a fake DHO with him up top, and it was out of again, it was out of a timeout, so this was purely designed. And you know he didn't fake it as well as Draymond usually does because you could tell he was very eager to already begin the drive part of the fake DHO to the he rim. He held it as long as he could, man. Yeah, he's like, oh, come on, let me go. But he had Trey Lyles on him, and he just sped back Trey Lyles and was and one layup. And it was like they need to do more of that when he's on the floor. Uh, they need to let him handle the ball and do an inverted Steph sets the screen for him. Like get him going early in his stints by giving you know. That's also a good offensive play. Like, Jonathan Kaminga going downhill with some well-designed stuff around him. He can also pass. Like, let's say they collapse, like, Clay's in the corner. Like, he can make that pass. So, I like that. 
But he also committed, I think, like four fouls in 14 minutes or something. And, and you know the whistles are driving Steve Kerr insane right now. I don't. I just don't think they should, but they are. But he made some really good contests. There was a play where Fox put a move on DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo flies out of the picture, and it's a wide open layup. Except Kaminga hustles over and contests it. Like he's making some. He's he stopped plays. Keegan Murray in isolation one time too, and Keegan Murray had a good game, but he just completely stoned him. Um, I agree. He's got to play more. I, I think he's got to play more. Uh, I feel like him playing more will lead to something down the line. Right to me, it feels like play him more, you'll get the reward in February. Whereas I don't know if that's true with Wiseman, and I actually think it might be true with Moody, but they clearly don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, don't know I mean, it, I, the points that seem to be being made are, you know, he's getting beat on the perimeter. He's also fouling a little bit, you know, more than they Maybe believe he should. Shot hungry. He's shot hungry for sure. Like he, I think he needs to accept the three and D role a little bit more than. Um, you know, maybe look at how Clay Thompson plays, and like the rea- you know, it's tough oh, though. Yeah, Again, Clay Thompson plays. Yeah, right. Um, it's I think it's a challenge that we didn't know that Moody was maybe going to go through because we, the reputation has always been glue guy three and D. Even look at how he played in high school, role player. Um, but I think he has like the potential to be a, a fifteen point per game scorer. You know, in the middle of his prime yeah. in the NBA, and like you know, there's. There's a reason for him to explore get, that a get, little bit, I but not on the street. Vibes, you know, like it could be like a good middle, a good wing, maybe not to high potential, but can't get you 20, but it gets you 15. Like, I, I don't know. I like Moody. I, I, I do feel like he's been trying to show his off the dribble game more this year. I do feel like he's saying, I'm not just going to be a spot up guy. I can create a play. Maybe that San Antonio game last year woke up something in him, but I don't know. That's wrong. And look, here's what I will say about Steve. One of the issues is that Steve, he doesn't like very particular mistakes. You got a list of a few things. And once you do those, you're kind of out with him. Other mistakes, eh, not so much. But you commit fouls. (laughs) You throw the ball away. Like those things he can't, like he just can't stomach. You miss rotations. Like he just can't get with those. So perhaps this is tough love with Moody. But also think, They've decided we can't play three young guys at a time. It's yeah. got to be two max, and that's, that's the best we can get away with. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You just look at their five recent draft picks. It's really been one right now. Moody DMP, Wiseman DMP, Baldwin and Rollins are, you know, they were here tonight, but they're basically G League bound. Um, so you're talking about they're only playing one of five right now. And he's having a tough time. Like 14 minutes felt like a lot for Kaminga tonight. So He brought him back in for the second set. I was like, look at Kaminga yeah. growing up right now. You're like, man, they love that DHO. Um, one of the, their favorite Moody games was they put him in 
to the Maverick series in game two. Remember, Damian Lee was really struggling, and Gary Payton was out. They put him in game two of the West Finals, and he played 10 minutes. And if you look at his stat line, it's like nearly empty. I think he had a layup and maybe an assist, but he was he was staying out of the way while, like, you know, he was trapping the box when he needed to trap the box. He was, like, doing a lot of, like, little stuff. He was extra passing. He was kind of – he was staying out of the, the fray. He wasn't using possessions. And after that game, they were, like, all praising how he played. And I just think he's they, – they, they want that version. And I think he's just, like, the aggressiveness has almost been a little bit too much. But also, anyone can understand as a young player trying to develop, like, spread the wings. That, again, I mean, we keep talking about it and talking about it, but that's the problem of the team right now. Yeah, I, I just feel like I don't, I don't think it's that big of a problem. You know, obviously I'm I not just a mean coach. It, I just mean it's, like, no, I mean, the two-timeline, like. they're overrating, like, the problem. Like, put them out there and let them play. I agree. And it's okay. You know, all right, he's going to do a couple things you don't like, but. They, they, the bottom line is, if one of these guys don't work out this year, really two, you're not doing anything in the postseason. Like you've already said, this is you need an Otto Porter, you need a Gary Payton a second. You gave those up, you need. So if you don't get it, then you got to trade for it. I mean that's just the bottom line. So if if he's not going to be that guy, then you got to be okay with getting rid of him. You can't, you can't have both, right? You can't not play him. And also expect them to carry on without him. Like, that's the decision they made. Like, Quindary would be great right now, you would think. But they've made the decision to not bring those guys back and, and essentially come with a whole new bench. That's the price you got to pay. So, to me, it feels like you got to decide anyway. And, you know, it's November. Trade deadline's in February. Maybe you decide before then. But if he's not going to play now, when's he going to play? And if he's not going to play, he's not going to be useful while Steph is out there playing the best ball of his career. Like, that, that's the quandary. Maybe that's what I'm It is. About. It is. I, well, the one thing I would say, for an argument for the front office patience on this would be, you mentioned November, but also, like, there's a buyout market in March. Yeah. There's an open roster spot that, yet, like, every day that they're not using that open roster spot saves a day of tax where, you know, the later in the season it is no longer, you know, oh, you got a 15th man, that's 12 minutes. It's just, you know, two months of prorated, a, yeah, 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 exactly, prorated. So you have that, and they're going to be an appealing buyout team because not only are they the Warriors, they we've, theoretically will be contenders, but also what do buyout guys like? Minutes. Yeah. They could probably they offer some minutes. minutes. Um, and, you know, there's typically one to two guys per year on the buyout market that, like, help, can be a good night. You know, Wes Matthews of the world suddenly show up. Um, Iguodala, maybe. I mean, you don't want to count on it, but he exists still on this roster. We'll see down the line. And then, obviously, the the higher leverage button you're talking about maybe pushing is the trade market um, and, obviously, the younger assets. But to me, like, that is a January-February conversation because that's just how the league works. Unless you're 10 games under 500. <laughs> I don't – I know they're 6-8. I know they're 0-7 on the road. I think they're going to win. Like, I think they're going to win enough games to, like, settle in. Personally, like I think 30 games in, I'd be shocked if they're not 15 and 15 or better. And I'm not saying that's good, but I'm saying I don't think they're going to suddenly be like, you know, spiraling into like 10 games below 500. What what can we do? Uh, the question I would have is how do they get to 15 and 15? If it's riding the superstars, then you only expose yourself to an injury that puts you, you might get through 30, but then 
through the next 60 does an injury happen. Yeah. I mean, but either I way. I mean, look, Steph's like, I'm playing tomorrow night. Right, exactly, we're, already. We're if, if they were what, he like. terrible, too. Like, is he sick? He sounded know. like, he sounded know. super congested. But I, but if they're like 11 and 4 or whatever right now, you know, he's probably like, nah, I'm, I don't need to I play. I think a big part of the problem is they, they figured we'll replace GP2 and Otto Porter with Michael Green and Dante DiVincenzo. And neither has been good enough to, like, make that up, right? And and that was last year, right? It was like, hey, we got these young guys, but if they're not playing, we can win without them. I don't know if they can say that right now. I literally remember a Kings game in Sacramento early last season where Gary Payton was awesome. And it was the point where it was, like, becoming clear, like, Steve, you got to keep Gary Payton in the rotation. And it's just – it's an interesting contrast for me because I remember being in that same press room we were in tonight talking about a win in Sacramento because of Gary Payton. It was one of those games where his 15 minutes were yeah, the postgame yeah, story. Yeah. Didn't have that tonight. It's just not there. They haven't gotten that from DiVincenzo. They haven't gotten that from Jermichael Green. And that's what they were kind of banking on, which shows just how rare it was that they hit so well last year. Yeah, right? the front <laughs> office would tell you, like, you know, we just hit a home grand slam. Like, yeah. you can't expect us to hit a absolutely. grand slam every, every time. At absolutely, the yeah. I mean, that really that really does say that because these are, like, nice players. They're not bad players. But they really hit with GP2 and Otter Porter. Like, that was – Even Bielitsa. Even Bielitsa, yeah. Even Bielitsa. I, I keep forgetting about him. But, no, nah, he, was, he, was, he was really good for what they needed him to be. And I wasn't a big Bielitsa fan no. at all. But he actually came through – if they could get one of those guys to to be something, and one bench guy to be something, one one of the young guys, they might that might be enough. And then that 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 gets you to the to the buyout market. That's the they get you to. They still might need another player. But isn't part of that like you know if you're gonna go like well, like maybe try Kamingalate in the game? I know you're trying to win the game, so it's tough. To, but I'm talking about Kamingo over Lamb. Like I'm just I'm talking about the Lamb. Kamingo over Lamb. I'm I'm Kamingo over Lamb a hundred times out of a hundred. Even Moody over Lamb. I'm well, yes, either one of them over Lamb. Nothing against Lamb. I think Lamb is helpful. Yeah, he, he's a he's a like he's great for a two way player. Like he's given them more than what they bargained for a two way player. Last year, the best two way player was who? Was it Chioza? Uh, who was the other one? They. Uh, it was. Was it? Why Quindary? am I blanking? Yeah, yeah. Quindary. It was Jeff Doughton, and then they went to Quindary. That's right, Quindary. So. But they, those guys didn't give anything. Part of the reason they didn't is because they. Why would they? Like you had JTA and Damian Lee yeah, on the end of the bench. They weren't going to hop them. So no question. Yeah. That. Wow. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. So Anthony Lamb's giving them more than you can expect from a two-way guy, but to me, it's just you just you just don't get any benefit. You don't get, and you're not getting wins. Right, you're not getting wins on a road. Well, anyway. you know, you could argue they don't win. They don't the win previous the game yeah. if because Lamb was good. Like no, you got he, was good. he no, he was and good. you know maybe they don't win that game if it's somebody but else. He hit five threes in Orlando and they didn't win. Right, like like or where was that? New he Orleans. Was New Orleans. No, yeah, but that was like the giveaway game. But he he that had, was New Orleans. Yeah. Jeez. I thought he played. I thought he played well in another game. No, no, oh. it was it was the Pelicans game. Okay, they were in that game. Yeah, they count. just all right. Well, I just say you got to play Kaminga, or I, I think Kaminga has earned Lamb's minutes. Yeah, just get over the mistakes. I agree. All right, last thing, where you at on the Kings? Man, I'm. This is for my guy Zach Harper, my podcast partner, who's been hating for years. Last year, I said the Kings was gonna make the play in. Now I'm saying, and they let me down. So now I'm saying Kings making the playoffs this year. I'm booking them in. So you're, they're getting through the play-in? 
they're getting through. The, they're going to make the play in, and then they're going to get in. They're going to win it. I was laughing about – this was, like, early in the season on our version of that podcast, the tampering one. But remember remember the Minnesota play in win last year where yeah. Patrick Beverly's on the scores table doing the helicopter with his jersey? And, like, it's crying. like – Crying. Yeah, like, he was crying yeah. on the bench, and it was like a Super Bowl had just been won in Minnesota. That's what it would be like here no if they question. could win. No question. And look, like De'Aaron Fox is becoming a really good late game player because his mid range jumper has just gotten so good. And to me, like like Jordan Poole needs to pay attention to that, right? Like that's that's the shot you want. The Warriors took seventeen threes in the fourth quarter. That's not closing mid mid range is it. They're playing you. Like if you get a wide open three created, okay. But like Clay's not taking the mid range shot. Steph takes it, you know, every now and again, and Jordan Poole doesn't take it. The mid-range is open, and that's Fox's shot. To me, you got that shot, you're going to be good in a tight game situation. Like, look at John Morant. He's getting right to that dotted line area, and if you're not – he's got that little floater, and if you're not there, he's getting to the rim. But he's hanging out in the paint, and to me, if you got a star who's doing that, you're going to be all right. Now, obviously, it's all matchup dependent, or like who they end up with, but you don't want to see the Kings. You definitely don't want to see him here. Yeah, Keegan Murray coming off screens like good pick. That was crazy. Uh, how about Kevin Herter? He what did he go like four or six from three, shooting like fifty something percent from three. I feel like he doesn't miss. Did he miss two? I don't remember. Yeah, he missed one late. It was like a chuck. It was like a clay free throws too. Like what are you doing? I feel like there's still some kings in there. You know they're gonna have some some some. If blowing. they cool off, it's gonna be a problem though. Like, well, he's Mike Brown's desperately trying to get them to play defense. Like. It's, it's, I feel like when they try, which is late in games, they actually are pretty good. Like, you can Herter's see got size. Murray's got, you know, they got some size. They like, have no rim protection. No that's rim That's the problem, yeah. I mean, but the Warriors used to do well with no rim protection, right? Like, so you can. The Warriors used to have Mike Brown running their defense, too. Yeah, that is. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like they could be. To me, it's like it's really on Fox because they're having to basically sit off night late in games you see he was he was pressuring Steph he was doing a good job you know Steph would Steph needed the screen against Davion but then he got he's got to come out because you got to get hurt on the court you got to score you got to score so that that puts it on Fox so if they could get him to just be aggressive defensively and stop like chilling which Mike Brown can do man Mike Brown I believe I believe they're gonna make the playoffs how about a Kings Warriors series, or how about a play-in game between these two teams? That's where, that's where it seems heading right now. Play in. All right, uh, yeah, we will talk to you this week. I think we're going to do a Warriors plus minus Tuesday. Warriors play the Spurs second night of a back-to-back Monday night. Sounds like Steph Curry plans to play, which means Draymond probably does. I would expect Chris or Clay Thompson not to play, but which means Jordan Poole starts, and Moses Moody probably gets in the rotation. But uh, we will talk to you later this week.